This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. AJ Sala, writer and publishing editor for Covers.com. He handles the NBA. Avid poker player as well. AJ, good morning to you. And from what you've seen thus far in the NBA playoffs, and I know we're only a game in in these series, so I, I, I'm not asking you to overreact, but what's the one thing that maybe has surprised you? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me, folks. Uh, it's great to be with you guys this morning. Um, the one, I mean, first of all, I really, like, I echo your guys' sentiments about, uh, you know, the, the intensity, the actual basketball being back. It was really refreshing. Uh, the late game on Saturday night was a pleasure to watch. Uh, watching Durant and, let, and uh, Kawhi go back and forth last night, that was great. You love to see the superstars actually, you know, not only playing, but, you know, this is where their time to shine is in a spot where the title race is fairly wide open. So, yeah, no, it's great to see basketball back again. Um, the one thing that really kind of stood out to me in terms of like a general trend from the first weekend, and again, like small samples, a lot of noise going on, you don't want to overreact, as you said. Um, but I found that teams are really kind of leaning into their identities in terms of a lot of series where you get some uh, where you get some dramatic offense versus offense and defense first teams facing off. Um, totals I found were way off this weekend, um, either over or under by an average of 17.8 points. So you might see a lot of overreacting there, but again, in general, you're just seeing teams really lean into like who they are. Uh, the fact that Knicks Cavs went way under like didn't really surprise me. The fact that we're seeing fireworks between Warriors and Kings like again really doesn't come as a surprise. We'll get back to that in a, in a little bit, I guess. But yeah, just in general, I like, pay attention to the matchups and sort of like the cadence between these teams and what they're sort of liable to lean into identity-wise. So speaking of overreactions, we saw the Nets get pummeled by the Sixers in the first game of that series. But the line today is 10 and a half. And I feel like this is a pretty big line for a playoff game. Are we overreacting here? Or do you think it's another steamrolling by the Sixers? I'm, I'm okay with that. And uh, Sixers, 76ers spread is actually one of my, one of the things I'm targeting for the game tonight. Um, the way that the Nets went about defending Embiid, I think, just, like, really got exploited. Give them credit for doubling him, like, very quickly, pretty much whenever he got the ball inside 18 feet. But uh, give the Sixers credit. Embiid was often finding the uh, finding the pass out either one or zero passes away from breaking the Nets' rotation. 
and they were doing a really, really bad job of uh, catching up with the ball swinging. Sixers were often getting shots with guys that had nowhere, like, like Nets defenders weren't even closing out. They were like eight to 10 feet away from the shooter and they were just getting such wide open looks. They're the best three point shooting team in the league. And if you give them that many cracks at the can, they're going to blow that game wide open. Um, I also think that they were getting outworked. Uh, the Nets were minus 20 in points off TOs and minus 18 in second chance points. And again, like they're definitely the less talented team. So if they're also getting outworked, then it doesn't bode well for them at all. Um, and you also saw Mikel Bridges go off in a game where Joel Embiid was like kind of a, playing a secondary role on offense, at least in terms of scoring. Uh, so if you, you know what I mean, if that's the result of the, of the game isn't even close, then I don't know how sustainable that is for the Nets in this series. AJ, is there really a possibility that we could see the Warriors get eliminated in the first round by the Kings, or is it an anomaly in what we saw in game one? Uh, I don't think game one was much of an anomaly at all, to be honest. Uh, I think yeah. that series is going to be really, and if Golden State, you know, they certainly have a, a switch that they can uh, that they can flip and hit a higher gear that a lot of teams in these playoffs can't. Um, but I'm not entirely shocked with that. Like, they they don't perform well on the road. They turn the ball over a ton. Their defense is, you know, everyone was talking about the Kings heading into this series and how they were going to be exploited on defense. But, like, Golden State's didn't look awesome in game one, obviously. Uh, they were letting, get, letting Malik Monk, no disrespect to him, he's a great scorer. But when you're letting him get whatever he wants in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, like, as the defending champs, I'm not thrilled about that. All right, so are there other angles to look at these games other than just the spreads and the totals? Like, I kind of want to look at some player props, but at the same time, you think, oh, the stars are going to go off, like Mikel Bridges. I think he probably has another big game, but it's usually built into the line. Like, his line's 26 and a half, I believe. How do you play player props in the postseason? Do you look at the stars, or do you try to find value with a, a supporting cast member? There's there's certain spots where you want to look for stars. Uh, like you're definitely definitely right. It's a superstars league. Uh, you know there's 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 spots where it's just definitely like value is going to be apparent. Like uh, Embiid tonight uh, is sitting on 1.5 blocks, uh, and you can get that at plus money at most books for the over. Uh, he's got multiple blocks in three straight games. Uh, the Nets have been taking a fair amount of their shots in floater and layup range in game one. So, you know, those are the type of shots that be can feast on, especially as a health defender. Uh, and he's one of the best rim protectors in the league when he's engaged. I think he's going to be engaged tonight. Uh, he's an MVP in waiting, and he's been there through those first-round lulls with the Sixers where they lose a game, the media starts to chirp, the fans get antsy. Uh, so I think he's really going to come out and assert himself in this series and really just look to put the Nets to bed early. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had multiple blocks tonight the kind of thing where I think it's like should be priced more in the like minus 110 to 115 range. So if you can get that a plus money, there's good value there, I think. We're talking with AJ Sala, writer and publishing editor for covers.com, big poker player as well. And we're talking NBA. He is also on Twitter at Salas42 underscore. So AJ, last night we saw a bit of a shocker with the Heat handling the Bucks in Milwaukee and Jimmy Butler went off in that game, but they lost Tyler Hero with that broken hand and Giannis certainly did not play the entire time. If you're Milwaukee, is this a time to panic with Giannis going out with his bad back or do you say, listen, we saw what this team can do during the regular season and Giannis is generally pretty resilient? 
Yeah, I, I'm not panicking at all. Um, I actually, uh, the Bucks are, the Bucks were my pick preseason to win the title. They were my pick going into the playoffs, and I don't see any reason to waver right now, uh, especially where Tyler Hero is going to be out for a while, and Miami's offense is, to put it politely, uh, inconsistent. Um, so I definitely think that's going to hurt them a lot. Milwaukee's got depth. They've been there before. Chris Middleton can you know, definitely carry an offense that needs to outgun Miami minus Tyler Hero. Uh, and Giannis, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, he's resilient. He's a tough guy. He's going to play if he can at all. And even with Giannis at like, you know, 70% or something like that, I think that they can easily handle the heat without Hero. I wouldn't panic at all if I were them. All right, so I hear that you are a Memphis fan, so we got to talk about the Grizz and their series with the Lakers, yeah. which ended in game one with a Lakers win. The final score was not indicative of like how close that game was for most of the time, but moving forward, it has to be kind of a gut punch to lose game one at home, but still, it's only one game. Where do you think the Grizz go from here? I mean, the Grizz, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm – panicking but like definitely losing that game was uh you know not encouraging outcome um for all the attention the golden state got about its terrible home away split this year the grizzlies were like almost as dramatic in terms of being bad on the road uh so losing home court in that series is i'd say more than a gut punch it's a you know we're like we're, we're definitely on the death punch scale as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now. um i don't want to say i'm like looking to next year but i mean Oh. I think the team had to deal with a lot of distractions this season. Uh, losing Steven Adams is massive, uh, not only for an offense that runs a very heavy amount of pick and roll through John Morant, um, but you know, we're not an incredible three-point shooting team, especially when you've got Dylan Brooks throwing up stuff early in the shot clock. Uh, so not having Steven Adams around on the glass is just that's a huge minus for us. Uh, losing Brandon Clark is super crucial. His chemistry with Morant is amazing and he's just a pivotal like he's pivotal in so many of their good uh their good bench lineups um between that and the distractions that the teams had to deal with this year i think that this is really just a season where they need to reset come back next season and like i don't think they can really make a finals run i wouldn't be shocked if la upset them and it's just yeah it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for them AJ, you sound so down, man. I, I, I just want to give you a hug, buddy. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I mean, I just, I, I try not to be a homer. I try and appraise them realistically like uh, like I would most teams, but it's just, it's discouraging when your team had such a nice arc heading into the season. They were prized for uh, for so much. And then just that one week where Marianne flashed on an Instagram, uh, we got the bad update about Adam's prognosis. And then we lose Clark for the season. It just like all the air came out of the tires at once. And now you're just kind of seeing that come to a head. AJ, we got about three minutes left here. So one thing we know about the Grizzlies, win or lose in this series, is that they are very brash. And yet they haven't won anything. So does that help them because they have that confidence? Or does it hurt them because at some point you have to deliver? Uh, I think you could say both. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that when they're playing well and they're on the upswing, then that type of, you know, collective brashness and sort of us against them mentality, especially coming from a small market team, it's, uh, it's helpful. But then, yeah, like you said, you know, there's, there's trials and tribulations on the way to winning. Um, 
pretty much any team that's succeeded on a, you know, on a sustained level in the NBA has had to deal with some losses and some hardship along the way. And I think they're just dealing with that right now. I think it's natural for any team to have to sort of take its lumps, but I don't think that, I mean, I think they're really leading into the heel angle. They seem to want the rest of the NBA to hate them. And like, if anything, that's just going to motivate the best teams to bring out their best against you as we've seen with golden state against them this year. So yeah, I think it's a, it's the kind of thing where I appreciate it, but I, and I can see where they're coming from, but I also think that, you know, maybe it's time for them to just like focus on improving and sort of just like getting to that level before they talk all that fish. He is AJ Sala writer and publishing editor for covers.com. Big poker player as well. Find him on Twitter at Salas 42. AJ, we appreciate the time. Thank you. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.